0: To another episode of More Than My Size. I'm Numare, that African butterfly. And I am AP at APY blog. And we are so excited to bring you another episode. Hopefully you enjoyed our episodes that we've had so far in the past. I've been having a blast chatting. Alicia, how about you?
1: Yeah, it's been great. I really love the community that we're building. I know we've touched on that before, but that's like a really important part of this show for me to get the feedback, to see people engaging. Like, I like that. So I'm
0: very happy with everything. Me too. That's definitely my favorite part because I want it to be more than just us chatting, but like what other people think and what other people feel. And we've started having guests now, which I really like. Um, so that's always a fun time.
1: Yes, yeah, so and in case you guys have missed it, go back to the video before this one, check out our first guest, Marcy Cruz, um, and see all of the dynamic gems she dropped um, as being like a long-term plus size industry contributor and powerhouse check it
0: out click the link yes um and so for this week we were going to talk about fearlessness um because it's something that i frequently have a conversation about i know alicia's recently had a conversation about it um, For me, it's interesting because we, over Christmas, my brother had that game, like, We're Not Strangers, I think that's what it's called, something like that. It's really good. I would highly recommend it to everyone um, just to play it ask interesting questions that make you think and have a good conversation. And one of them was like, you know, how do you think people, or like, I had to ask how people would describe me, something like that. Mm -hmm. And my brother said, fearless. And I was like, hmm okay like I wouldn't really describe myself that way but like when he explained it I'm like yeah I guess how other people could see could see it that way so now I describe myself that way as fearless um
1: I think when I hear the word fearless I really just think of like bravery courage and all those things and while I know that in certain areas of things like I can be you know brave or courageous I do not generally think of myself as fearless it wasn't until like the conversation I had with Esty last night that she explained what she thought it meant. Basically, and for a lot of people, it's just like going ahead, right, regardless of the outcome or the risks or even the fear that you're feeling. So it's not that you're without fear, but that you are you still find like whatever your cause is, whatever you're signing up to do, is worth, you know, the fear factor, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting way of her putting it. And it did make me feel like, all right, I guess that's more relatable for me because it should be so. Like, I will move ahead and do things despite how worrisome, you know, in the pit of my gut it feels or how nerve wracking it is. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I'm, of course, always worried about, like,
0: what's the outcome
1: going to be here? But I try to enjoy the ride, like, as I'm going.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think a lot of us who are fearless don't think of ourselves that way because we know how much fear we have. Like before I make every big move, I'm scared. Half the time before I do little things, even like when I add on another layer of like me doing something on social media, like it, take, it took me a year to start dancing on TikTok, you know, like um, okay. you're like-, like five a day. Uh, I just have to cross the threshold that I'm okay. But you know, so a lot of us, we know that we constantly have fear. So when someone says like, oh, you're fearless, we're like, no, we're not. But the truth is that we are in the sense that we push past it, past it. So I don't think there's really anyone who doesn't have fear at all. I think the difference between- oh, Sociopaths? What? Oh, Sociopaths. <laughs> oh, yeah. besides, like, m- besides like a mental um, lack of having that barrier, like that awareness, I think anyone who's like a logical person is gonna raise pros and cons and be a little cautious about some things uh the difference is just those that us that push through it and we do it while we're uncomfortable and we deal with those growing pains that's why they're called growing pains actually just did a recent Thursday thought about this um so can you tell us like what's like the most
1: recent thing besides your TikToks what's the most recent thing that you have pushed past like your fear your concern your worry and just like knocked it out the park and went
0: for it What is the most recent thing? Um, So I have something that I'm actually in the midst of working on, um, but I also started. it. So this started back um, last year when everything was happening with like George Floyd and all of that. um, I was getting really flooded. So I grew up, I think we talked about it a little bit. I'm not sure, but I grew up in very like white suburbia America. Uh, which is fine, but also means I have a lot of white friends, which is also fine. Um, Because I luckily have amazing friends who like want to know more and, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff, which is great. But then people were like reaching out to me. So I'm dealing with like my own emotions of that time. And then also trying to deal with like them wanting like information and things. And those of us that have been around and been dealing with race things for a long time, um, none of the George Floyd stuff, the anger, the the feelings of people being upset like none of that was new to us um I've been aware of it since Trayvon Martin and that was what like eight years was that eight years ago it was a lot of eight quite honestly it's
1: it's been yes it's been eight years no eight so I think it was 2000 no 2014
0: it was 2014 I believe yeah I mean I was aware of that stuff before then you know we yeah growing up black we've been aware for a while um but it as far as you know, like the police brutality and people speaking up and all the protests we've had, um, both loud and quiet, um, we've been very aware of it, but there's a lot of people who have been really surprisingly just blind to it. So when all of like the protests and the riots and all that stuff started happening last year, it was like, they were shocked. For them, it came out of nowhere. Like, why is everyone so angry? Because as much as they say, oh, protest peacefully, protests, blah, blah, blah. All of those peaceful protests for years were ignored. And it wasn't until there was a burning building that people were like, oh no, maybe there's a problem. You
1: would think after the LA riots, there would have been like an understanding after that. And it was just like,
0: nope, (laughs) right back
1: to the regular scheduled programming.
0: Exactly. And that's what always happens. So we were, sorry, this is a long backstory, but it just, it's needed. So we were, so that was happening. And um, and I get it, like a lot of people who have been, cause I've been talking about social justice issues and race stuff for years and years now. Um, so a lot of people now that another group of people was having like an awakening to like, oh no, racism is a problem. Like, is it really a problem? Where is it stemming from? How did this come about? How do we fix it? They're now asking these questions. And those of us who have been talking about it for years are like, Google it, figure it out. yourself. like, we've been talking about this for years educate yourselves like it's not our job it's to educate you. And while I totally understand that sentiment and I totally understand that frustration, it doesn't solve anything. It doesn't fix anything like are they going to google yeah, it? Gonna google are okay. they going to google it? Are they going to figure it out themselves? Will they find the right info? So I was like, well let me I was like maybe I can put together something like a little like course for some friends and It was one of those things where like, I wanted to, but I was like, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not like a professor. I don't have a degree. Um, I'm just gonna be like putting together materials. But um, I decided to do it because I'm passionate about it. And I feel like I'm really good at communicating. And I've always felt like I've been good at being a bridge between the cultures, you know? Um, And sometimes people need, like all the people out there like um, Tamika Marley or um, just all the people, Angela, um, all the people doing great things are wonderful, but sometimes if you try to step into that space having no knowledge, it's like walking into a senior class your fresh your freshman year of high school. It's overwhelming, you feel overwrought, and then you're not learning anything, you leave. And I feel like there still needs to be space for those of us who are going to teach racism 101, like 101011. Um so I put together, uh, so I just sort of was like, you can do it. Um, so I reached out to, well, first I put together like an eight week curriculum. So like once a week, we did it like every other week because people work and stuff. Um, but I broke it down and it's called, at the moment, it's called Unpacking Racism. But each week I gave them materials, like things to read and watch. Um, so one week it was like racism in media and racism in education. Um, racism in the social justice system. And each week they had to like read the stuff and then we would get together on Zoom and talk about what it was and what they learned. And I learned some stuff too, but a large part of it I feel like is there's just this gap in learning about black culture and black facts and how systemic racism happens. And Mm -hmm. because of the lack of education, because think about it, when you're in school you learn like slavery, civil rights, Kumbaya. So you're not really aware of like all the things that happened in between, you know, like Black Wall Street and the Tuskegee thing and the way how the prison to school pipeline, stuff like that. So I wanted to just educate people. So I put it together and then I reached out to my friends and I was like, hey, do you guys want to take a course? And a few of them joined me. And so we did it and I'm really proud of it actually. And it came to mind because A, I had to push through. I was really nervous about that because you just don't want people to think like, oh, who does she think she is? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm black, but like, <laughs> does that make me the expert? Like, and a lot of black people don't want to be you gotta, you gotta expert. Her expert. You don't need to be
1: an expert at being black when you are black.
0: True, true. But I think just that, you can't expect someone just because they're like a certain race to be fully knowledgeable. Cause okay. what if someone went to Candace Owens and was like, is racism real? Does, you know what I mean? Like my blackness doesn't mean that I have the knowledge. Um, I think experience obviously plays yeah. a huge part in that. And just how um, you see things. Yeah. And it was really important for me with like the, the course to um, have materials. So like it was a mix of them watching things and reading things and also educating themselves because anyone can go in and like, I can talk to you and say, here are all the stuff but I don't think you learn it the same as when you take it in. Um, So yeah, I pushed through and I asked it and they liked it and they were appreciative. And now I have been trying to get to push through to the next level of that because I kind of want to open it up and offer it like in general Um, Like someone was maybe suggesting like a Patreon or something like that. So I haven't quite decided, but again, I think I, I, fearlessness, I still get fear because I'm like, but I'm not, I mean, I don't even have my bachelor's, I have my associate's degree and I'm not like a teacher. And I, and there's also all these amazing. I want to talk about that. I'm glad you brought
1: that up. Yeah. Um, There is a really huge problem in our society with aligning, intellect or capabilities or smarts with a degree. Um, And I think I probably would have drank the Kool-Aid had I not grown up A, um, learning from my mom who was a high school dropout. Um, She dropped out of high school in her junior year because of depression. Um, Yet I watched my mom go ahead and get a job at Yale and was at Yale for 13, 14 plus years in a virology lab, being a lab technician. So, and my dad getting his GED when I was like eight or nine, after he literally dropped out of school, then finessed his way into college just because he wanted to party Mm -hmm. and managed to maintain a household, a job, all those things, take care of his family and go back to school, learn computers when computers were just coming out and get his GED. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I had very unique circumstances with my parents and learning very early on that like the degree on the wall means nothing in terms of like your capabilities. It means that you put in time at a job, I mean, at a schooling and maybe to learn some very specific things to like whatever your major was. And I will never take that away. But even now I've led two seminars um, within the last week, right? Or last couple of weeks teaching things that a I'm not technically qualified for right like I didn't go to school for it just using personal experience and I used to always remember hearing that like the best teacher is life right like the best school is the school of life and it's absolutely true I eventually like I was a high school dropout I eventually you know went back to school went to job court got my GED and at the time like GED was like a bad word right Oh, she's got a GED like people really think But taking your GED is like, oh, one plus one is two, whatever. Like, no, a GED is a combination of all the things you've learned throughout the entirety of your school career, plus some that you might not have learned.
0: Minus all the fluff you didn't need to know.
1: Right. And it's super long to the point where they break it up. Like I went and did like science and math in one and then English and reading or something in another, right? And it's the way they score it is like ridiculous too. Like it's like thousands of points, right? Once everything is done. And people really were so dismissive. Like even on my job applications, I used to lie and say that I had a high school diploma instead of a GED until like maybe within the last six or seven years. And I was just like, F it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna just put down to have a GED because when I looked at my work history and I looked at the way I was able to move through my careers in corporate America without any of those things and even working at my last job, like fighting for fair pay, fighting to get paid for my experience and people literally at my job being mad because they, they sat in their positions at the state for like 10 plus years, right? Making the bare minimum, nobody sticking up for themselves and just accepting it. And then I was just like, no, I'm not taking this. And it had like a backlash so some people were like go you you know because in turn what it ended up doing because I got hired on as a from a tent to a permanent position and I got the required the requested salary they ended up having to up everybody's salary and then for people who had been there eight ten years and were sitting at 23,000 24,00 for 13 years they were finally getting right right they were finally getting a pay bump so in a lot of ways people were happy but they were like well you don't even have a degree how could you have the audacity to ask for and i'm like are we just gonna skip the fact that like i was doing legal work for over five years i've been a case manager you know nine whatever people associate so much power with having this piece of paper and for a while that's also what limited me from thinking that i could do things like running a business You know, I had always been told you got to go to business school, you got to do this, that, and third, you got to become well versed in that, got, got, you know, whatever. And years I had ideas that I kind of just put to the back burner because I didn't think I was capable. And then I had to think about it. I'm like, yo, we have access to Google. Like, we can look up anything, you can can learn anything, you can read anything. Like, learning does not stop once you leave the four walls of a building, right? Or of a learning institute. And I hate that there's so much emphasis put on because at the end of the day like say you do get your doctorate I literally was in a um, an advisory board group the other day with a woman who's a patient advocate and she's also a special needs teacher white woman in Nebraska and she was explaining how she became a patient advocate because her child is on a spectrum as well blah 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 and she was like I literally went and got my doctorate or PhD because people tend to respect what you say more when those letters are behind your name. She said, but you know the kicker? Nothing I was saying was different than what I was saying before I went and got that doctorate. She's like, it just made more people listen. And I hate that. I really hate that. I really, really do.
0: So I have two parts to that. One part of it is I do agree. I don't think you need a degree to be intelligent or anything like that. I think there's um, and I'm actually a huge advocate of people having intelligence in different areas. Um, I hate when people put down anyone's intelligence for any reason, because I think that anyone who's an expert in a certain field um, has to have a degree of intelligence. Interestingly enough, Legally Blonde taught me that lesson. I know it sounds silly, but like when she was talking about like the perm and the stuff and the hair and you and even like the stitching on the clothes, like you need to be intelligent to really know fashion and makeup. Yeah. It's like when we talk and I'm like, you start talking about makeup stuff. And I'm just like, I don't hear what you're saying anymore. It's like weird science talk to me. But like, it's so easy for people to be dismissive of the interest of other people because it's not like scientific and book smart. But it takes intelligence. It takes intelligence to really know yourself, whether it's the field of makeup, hair, clothing, or even being in the forest and nature. Have you ever talked to like a real hunter? Oh my God. Like the forages, they know their stuff. Yeah. like talking about plants and stuff. It is lost on me. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think that you need a degree at all. Um, But I do think that like for, well, for certain things, obviously the degree helps. And then in terms of like what I was saying for me, I just feel kind of like what your friend was saying that people put more respect behind having those degrees and letters. And I think that there are certain things where, you know, you can speak to it and people are okay with like your experience and stuff. And then there's also certain things where having like a degree and things like that, it helps because there are a lot of people that are, Google, University of Google, and while yes, Google has a lot of good information. It also has a lot of whack information. People confidently will regurgitate that bad information. It's
1: loud and wrong, wrong and loud. So
0: loud, so wrong with all the gusto, like with bass in their voice who are like, I don't think that's right, we're quiet. And they're just loud and wrong. So knowing that there are certain um, fields and certain things where I just feel like, having that degree is helpful because it says, I know that person went to school and really knows what they're talking about. Because oh. like I said, even if we're talking about the topic I wanted to talk about, which is you know educating people on race and systemic racism, there's tons of people who don't agree and don't believe it. And even though I can like prove, you know, articles, memes, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think also having the degree gives you a better ground to stand on like I said, my my course is not a master course. It's just gonna be a little, hey, racism is real. Let me let me tell you why, you I don't think I need the degree. Course. No, I don't. I just think that I, part of me was like, I would feel more. It was just a barrier that I had to mentally get over to awesome. be like, I'm going to offer this to people you know, and even with the teaching thing, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm not a teacher, but the truth is I am. I just don't think of myself that way because I didn't go to school for that. But in the 13 years I've been at my company, most of my time has been doing facilitating with your company for 13 years. Girl, I'm so ready to get out. (laughs) I mean, I love it though. I'm blessed. I have to say that all the time. I I would say like, talk about job security because- I have such a good job. I've worked my way up in that company. I've been there so long. Um, I'm blessed. I just, I wish I cared about banking at all, at all. I don't. So it's just every day is a struggle, but I am really- Her job, she she doesn't mean that.
1: (laughs) She does not mean that it was a joke.
0: Please, I told my manager- (laughs) But um, no, but I really am. I'm so blessed. So um, I always take that into mind as I work vigilantly and diligently to get out. Um, (laughs) But, you know, throughout my time, even though I've been in banking, part of why I've been with the company for so long is that I'm good at like, once I get into the department, I learn my stuff, I'm in the top, and then they pull me out for teaching. So I've been teaching out of those, you know, 13 years, at least 10 of them. I've been an adult facilitator so even though it wasn't officially my job title, even though I didn't go to school for it, it's literally what I've done. I've put together curriculums and that's part of why I'm working on transitioning out those of you who are stuck in the corporate rat race, it's rough. It's tough as a woman. it's tough black, it's tough as fat it's tough as a fat black woman you know you know that's my struggle in corporate America all the time. And so I'm just like, I have all these gifts and talents and you know I'm in these departments, they love pulling me to do the work. You know They need someone to work with people on their team to make their performance better, they'll pull me. They need a new class, they'll pull me. Something new is coming out and they need material put together to teach the teams, they'll pull me. Oh, but there's an actual position where I could have the title and get paid to do all those things? Mm, no, I, we, we decided to go another direction got it. So after having that happen a few times, I was like, forget this. You clearly do not see me for the magnificent star that I am. So I decided to take my talents otherwise, otherwhere, and that's really what I've been doing like the past four years. And I was actually just talking to my sister about it because I was tooting my own horn. And I was like, I've literally created a career for myself out of nothing in just the past four years. Literally four years ago, I was doing none of the things I'm doing now. And now I'm doing like all of the things. And that's out of just pure determination, hard work, lots of work, and a little bit of that fearlessness we were talking about. I just forced myself to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that these are really good nuggets that I
1: hope those of you who are watching this um, are really honing in on. You can be a multifaceted individual, you can be skilled at multiple things, and don't allow fear to cripple you from doing things, especially if you're passionate about it, right? Like,
0: um, I was gonna ask, what's to, yours? When was the last time you pushed past fear?
1: Um, in all honesty, I would have to say, stepping into the beauty arena was probably like the most recent one, honestly. And, as, um, sorry, as a as a beauty owner, or as a beauty blogger? Like, as a beauty blogger, and and a beauty business owner, so, like, I was not very well versed, everybody's heard my story, like, I was not very well versed in makeup, I only got into makeup in, like, 2017, and I basically took my audience along for the ride, like, as I'm learning how to, pick out foundation and learning what setting powder is and realizing why you need to fill in your brows when you have a full face because you end up looking like you have done after you've put on foundation. And um, throughout that process, like I started to follow you know, beauty gurus and some of them were classically trained, like went to school. Some of them were like beauty art, I met makeup artists to the stars. Some of them were self-taught just like myself, but around that time, and it's kind of resurfacing now, um there was like this increase in the community of classically trained MUAs or ones who had gone to school feeling away mm. about other beauty people defining themselves as makeup artists or defining themselves. That's why if you guys ever pay attention, like I always call myself a makeup enthusiast. even though I ha- literally part of my business is you can book me to do your makeup. I've been booked to do makeup. I still am very implicit across my site. Like I'm a makeup enthusiast. I did not go to school for this is not my profession because there was such a big deal about who was qualified to put makeup on. Um, and then it was like, just because you can put makeup on yourself doesn't mean you can do it on other people. And I thought, hmm, facts. So let me start working on other people's faces. So that was a big one for me because I was so fresh to it. And um, at the time I had a friend who, um, who she had been doing makeup for other people, I guess, for years. She had, like, a little makeup studio in her home and stuff. And she, like, even when I started to make that inclusive into what I was doing, there was, like, a little shade there, you know, kind of for her. Not that she was classically trained, but she just felt like she was so much well-versed. Like, how dare I, like, show up and start coming into that space? And it made it hard for me to even believe in myself. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I unclicked the publish button on the booking aspect of my site because I'm like mm, like you know even starting a YouTube to like do makeup reviews like who it's Jackie right, I know. so you know a little glitch there um hopefully the edit comes out great on the playback of this but um as I was saying like it made it really difficult and hard to feel comfortable with being in that space and assuming ownership of the fact that I can talk about makeup too, even if I'm not well-versed, because I know when I like a product or when I don't like a product, or how it looks on my face, or how it interacts with other products. Like, and knowing that that doesn't require me to have a degree to know what I do and don't like. And so, even with the starting of the YouTube, you know, I'm like, initially, I'm just like, you know, this is like Jackie, you know, Jackie Anna, like she does that, or you know, Robert Welsh, that's his thing. But it's not my thing. But really, I'm like, why can't it be my thing? And then, even when I started my cosmetics line, there was a lot of pushback from people who just kind of felt like everybody has a makeup line right now. It's so easy to do. Um, you know, everybody sells lashes. Like, why would you even like? And I had to think about it. And I'm like, quite honestly, the reason I wanted to start a makeup line was because I wanted quality and I wanted to be able to provide quality at an affordable price, right? To people who may not have the budget. Like, cause let me tell you something, as much as I adore some of these brands, they're expensive. They are expensive. And sometimes you're not even getting the most bang
0: for your buck, honestly. Yeah. Like I rolled up on that page with that foundation you recommended, saw $44 exited right away. So, you know, you know they do
1: have a free trial where you can try it for like however many days. And if you don't like it, you can send it back. Like I did a whole review the first time I used El Maquillage. and literally I was still like, Oh no, Nyx works just as well. Like I'm not buying this again. And then like I revisited it nine months later and realized it's the goat. I love it. Um, Fenty Beauty. Like I just like, I'm wearing their powder foundation right now. I, it was $36. I hated their first round of foundation. I was really pissed that I spent $34 it looks trash on me and everybody else I don't know why people <laughs> lie so much about this foundation but I'm like I I also know that I have privilege in the sense of like I have enough like extra finances if I choose to or just not like I do it all the time so it's fine but I also know everybody does not have that circumstances. And there are people who think that shopping with me is considered splurging, even though like my most expensive palette is $25. You know what I mean? Even you know, for them, that's a lot of money. So then I offered Sezzo and I'm about to add Klarna. Like, I just wanted to be able to do something and help beginners with makeup or whatever stage of the game you're in, get quality products and affordably so. And enjoy it. Like my reasons for doing it was not because I thought I was like the best chemist in the world developing eyeshadow pigments. You know, like I like we all know I don't own a lab. There's nothing wrong with that. Like there's that too. And I'm wrong if you thought that. I used to be like nervous about. So like the first time I did a brow tutorial, I felt awkward because literally I did not know how to do brows. And starting off, I asked somebody else to teach me how to do brows. Like I don't know what I'm doing. How does this work? And I was for a really long time. So the first time that I decided to do a browser tutorial, I'm just like, should I be t-? like,
0: and this this does not sound like serious stuff, but this is things that are going. No, to it, come yeah, up. you're like, do yeah, I, I have the, like the not, not even the knowledge, like who am I to be- Right, like, where does famous? the audacity come from Alicia? Like where does it yes. come from? And yep. that
1: really what I realized honestly though, when I was talking to my best friend last night, was that I spent so much time and me and my husband actually had a really late night conversation about this. And we were just talking about how, although our experiences were the same in some sense about living in larger bodies and stuff like that, it was different, you know, for me as a woman, because, you know, big men and big women go through life differently. But I remember always shrinking myself and not just because of my size, but because of the way I allowed what other people to say about me. Like I internalized it like they were, I had a friend like who just spent all of his, well, he was really early friend, like spent all of his time, like picking me apart and telling me I was too ratchet or, you know, harping on the fact that I was a high school dropout and I had a baby as a teenager and um, basically telling me to like know my place and
0: Eventually, at some point, and this is a college graduate, we a whole episode about friendships. Oh, and I don't even mean that jokingly because uh, we, we talk about it like friendships, acquaintanceships, blah, blah. Like, yes, next episode. It's important to really know who you're surrounding yourself
1: with and what kind of energy they're pouring into you. And fast forward to like, he was a college grad, like, I met him when he was still in college and all that stuff. And he was without a job, he was without employment, he had a degree. I literally was working as the administrative case manager at a wraparound services organization, nonprofit for children who are on the spectrum. So, my organization's job was to, like, you know, provide CSS workers and BSC workers for children with different behavioral issues, cognitive de- delays, and things like that. So, literally, my job was to not only manage the files when the BSCs and the CSS workers turned them in, it was also to do Um, client advocacy. So I would go into board meetings or um, community network meetings between the school and the psychologist and, you know, D D facts and this person and go in there and like fight for these children with no previous experience in doing so. I just had case management experience from doing legal work and he needed a job. He needed a job. And I knew that my job was hiring for like TSS work. So I'm like, listen, you have this degree, you're eligible for the job. Are you interested in the job? And he's like, yeah. So boom, boom, he gets the job. But as he's on his way to getting the job, he's just like hemming and hawing. And he's like, I really, well, I have to answer to you now, mind you where his office would be at, like where he would typically be working out of was not where my office was, but in order to pull charts for some of his clients, he did have to come not only to my building, but to my office because Mm -hmm. that's where all the files were kept under lock and key and they all have to sign a key out with me. And he would literally drag his feet about having to come into my building to come to, he's like, I I just can't believe like, you're not gonna be like my boss or anything. I'm not your boss. But even if you were, what's the problem? Like, right. But it was both types of experiences that made me, shrink a lot when I should have been not shrinking. And even when I worked in the legal field, when I first got my foot through the door, I got hired on as like a, a file clerk or whatever. And somebody just happened to get fired. And my boss turned to me and I was a temp, and She was just like, do you want to learn how to do, you know, litigation support? And I'm like, yeah, like it's yeah, why not?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: even in that space, I was the only black person working there until I got two other black people hired. And it was all white kids range in age but they were younger than me most of them were like a few years younger than me and be, they felt like because i was new and i was black you know like that they could like they expected the bare minimum for me i guess so when i turned out to be really good at my job to the point where i got promotions i was like being assigned clients they're like the big companies and one girl actually my boss took her company like her attorneys her practice from her and gave it to me to do the job work on, she was so pissed because it's like, I've been here five years. Like, how are you only here for a year? And you have that, 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 that. And I'm like, you're from freaking Northeast Philadelphia, home of the meth head. And you're really talking to me about like, and she, and it wasn't even that she, where she was from. It was that. Your only experience prior to this was working at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, how do you have the room to like come at me? But in those spaces, like I internalized those things that throughout life. So I just got so used to shrinking myself and like even going into spaces and being in the middle of conversations, knowing I had points to make and just being silent because I did not think my voice deserved to be heard because I was not qualified to do it. So like now that I've done this and I've kind of like stepped into, like I did the beauty thing, even into the blogging space and just being myself and doing those things. And then very recently being invited to really do some powerful work with patient advocacy and things like that. It it's really taught me that
0: we only, the only limitations are ourselves, quite honestly. Facts. The thing is I, and it's conversations I've had to have with myself over the years. Like you have to get the audacity because that's what other people have. You know what I mean? You have to realize how amazing you are and how talented you are. And people can tell you that your whole life, but really until you have that moment where you're like, you know what? I am pretty great. It's not going to click and it's not going to happen because I've heard great things my whole life. And it really wasn't until about five years ago that I was like, hmm maybe there's something there you know and until you feel that it's so easy to let other people have your voice be quiet or to feel like your voice isn't good enough because someone else said something and you really have to get to the point where you realize that your value isn't based on other people seeing your value it's based on you seeing your value it's based on you feeling like you have value. Once you feel like you have value, you have value. Screw what anyone else, what anyone else says. Right. And I, it's, it's so hard for people to see people in spaces, especially, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, as far as with size, when they see someone in a larger size doing something that they wish they in their size um, could do. <clears throat> but it's the same thing with gifts and talents, right? So if someone inside is like, oh, I'm so talented at this, well, why are they doing this? And I'm not like their frustration is more on them than it is on you. And I, on some level, for those who have been in an industry for a long time, I can kind of understand it. Cause like I said, I've just created this whole new career space for myself in the past five years. Like, yes, I've been working my butt off to make it happen. But there are people who have been in this industry for like 10, who have been journalists for years and years and years who have been doing um, you know, reporting for years and years and years. And then like, I just walk in and I'm like, hey, I've got talent, so I'm here, let's do this, you know? But I've got talent, so I'm here, so let's do this. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I have respect for people who have come before me. I want to learn from them. But the truth is there's room for us all to succeed. Who cares how many people have makeup lines? Um, everybody cannot not buy from one person they could but they won't and who only owns one brand of anything this is my main thing whenever anyone tries to get and it's why i don't feel competition with people if anything i'd rather collaborate with people because there isn't anyone i know who has one favorite anything of anything but like my- they watch several makeup artists right there yeah. we go several people on the radio they like it's always several if anything they have favorite genres which you're interested in you might exactly. have, favorite genres, have but- favorite genres which is why when someone starts doing the same thing you do or you see someone who does the same thing you do instead of being like oh uh, yeah, be "Hey, like, girl let's yeah. come up so our fr- so the people who like me clearly like the stuff I have to offer the people who like you like the stuff you have to offer we offer kind of the same stuff let's make this happen and let's grow together. Like there's just, to me, there's no room, there's no room for the backstabbing. stabbing. What? Ego ruins everything. Ego, ego does ruin a lot. And I've learned that, and this was hard for me to learn because it's so far from the way that I think, but I learned that a lot of people have like a zero sum type of mindset. Like life for them literally is winners and losers. Like if someone else is winning, they feel like they are losing um right if you got first I, to laugh, because my my brain doesn't work like that like I don't see other people's success as taking away from my success we can both be successful there's so like this world is so big and there's so many people and there's so many things to do like there's there's enough of the pie to go around and the enough of the ladder for us all to climb like there's just no reason for the backstabbing and the being a bad person, but there really are people who feel like if other people succeed, it takes away from their success. And that's unfortunate. And those people will try to tend to talk down to people. And then you have people like you and I, who for a long time listened to those voices and were quiet about it. And then finally we're like, Hey, I have something to offer. You know, that was the realization that I came to, you know, like you said, you were, you were plucked out to do that work um at your law firm and at your um the casework place as well and now what you're doing and it was again a couple years ago that I realized and I have lots of stories like that too um and I was just like well that's just me like well a I think there are those of us who have grown up with the so you have to work twice as hard to have half as much so we naturally are just used to like Putting in our all and having to be literally the best just to get level respect. Like, not even like I have to be the best to be the best. Everybody else has to be the best to be just seen on your level field. So, we've always been operating at that level. But not just that, I do feel like there are certain people who just have it. And I, to this day, I do not know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) but I know that there are people who have it. A few years ago, I was like, I think I have it. And so I decided to to work on that. And I really do think that there are people who just have, I, again, yeah. I can't put my like, finger on it. I don't know what it is, but there's- It's just... like a Vorka. Do you don't watch Seinfeld? Um, off and on.
1: All right, so there's an episode where like, uh, what's the guy with the hair that kind of looks like mine, quite honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, Kramer, yes. Um, he was explaining to like Seinfeld and the other short dude like why some people can like bag okay, I know it. the names but you're uh, one who
0: watch the show
1: right, I it's Jared it's really Jared's fault that I even know what the show is he loves it um but like they were having this conversation about how like Kramer gets all the girls right like he's like the funniest oddest looking one but like the women love him and he's like oh you know it's the Kavorka and they're like the Kavorka what's that he's like no no it's a real thing and he's like explaining how Kavorka is just like this thing so like I think it was either yeah right he was like explaining to like George or Seinfeld one of them had like a woman who would like would not give up on like stalking him or wanting him or whatever and or no no no, it was actually kramer like this really devout nun or whatever was like ready to throw her life away at the monastery to be with him and so he goes to like this russian priest and he's like what do i do and they're like oh it's the and like they're giving him like things to do to like make it go away but i remember watching that episode and one day jared just being like turning he's like you've got the coworker. And I laughed because I'm like, this is my husband. Of course he's joking. And then, but then he proceeds to like break it down. He's like, oh, I've seen you like things you've touched. He was like, they grow exponentially. And he's just like, and then I've seen you kind of fall out the race right before it gets like to be really successful. And he's like, I never understood it. Him saying that to me is what made me feel like, okay, I gotta stick to this blogging thing. Like, I gotta stick to this makeup thing because he's literally told me that he's watched me touch things, start things and then fall off out of fear. So okay. I kind of was like, all right, that's what's been playing in my head. And I'm just, I think I'm just at a point where I'm done apologizing for the Kavorka, right? We know you're that's on the yes.
0: That isn't like, you just get to the point where you're just like, and not that you think you're better than anyone. It's not, not at all. Any of that, it's not just at all. that. And for me, it was realizing Because part of it, kind of like you said, like, oh, a bunch of people have a makeup line or a bunch of people. So for me, I'm like, okay, yes, I'm good at communicating, but lots of people are good at communicating. Even though it's something that people have told me my entire life, which is like the way you explain things and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. But the problem with gifts and talents is sometimes you don't realize that it's a big deal because it's so natural to you. And that doesn't mean you don't have to put in the work to make something of that. But the initial impact of it, like my initial, just the fact that I'm good at writing and I'm good at speaking and train and training people right. and all that stuff, because on some level it comes so easily to me, it's not anything I thought was special. Right. Um, but then I came to realize it is special because it doesn't come easily to other people yeah, or yeah. even just the way that people just like to open up to me, which sometimes is real annoying. Like I just want peace. And you don't have to tell me your life story, just because you're sitting next to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, realizing that that too was a gift. Yeah. Um, I then decided to take that gift and then put work behind it to make a career, hopefully for myself, where I'm doing something that I love, that I give back with, and that works for me. And I think that a lot of people also don't take the time to sort of figure what that Thing is and I've sort of thrown darts at different things where I'm like I think I'd be good at this tried it, it didn't work try that right. and so many people a don't want to try it because they don't want people to see them fail so they don't try the things that they should so they don't so they spend their whole life thinking they'd be good at this when they would be good at that or b they just are doing what someone told them to do instead of really figuring out for themselves what they would be good at and what they would enjoy and that's part of why they left like the, the success or just the feeling of purpose. Um, and success is different for everybody. Success isn't always a monetary success right. or people's success. For me, success is when I'm happy and worry-free and can be with my family. Yeah, I want money too. I'm not going to lie. But um, but that's not like the only thing that I base my success on. Right. But, you know, especially with social media now,
1: everything looks, you know, a lot better than what it can really be. And people yeah. touch the image. And then I think if you're not mentally strong enough, or even if you are, you're not, you know, above being affected by things. Oh, no, you really be mindful about what you consume. But one of the things that you said about, it just comes naturally, and you realize that like, everybody, it's privilege, right? It really is a privilege to have natural born talent at something. And I think
0: it's not wrong to access that privilege or use that privilege provided but that we're made to think almost right. that it is like, I almost feel like, if you take, like when I say, oh, I realize that I'm really good at speaking. And so what I want to do is turn that into a career where I am speaking on things that I'm passionate about or that I care about. I was like, oh, you're being a sellout. Oh, you're being a capitalist. And I'm just like, no. The person who had the
1: struggle to get, right? Like people like the, from the bottom to the top stories. So it's like the privilege may not necessarily be you having a silver spoon in your mouth growing up, but it could be viewed that way to people like, well, she's always had it easy, she's smart. like. It's almost like when you get the job. So before the technical difficulties, um, so really like consuming things on the internet, we we'll really have y'all here believing that success has to be this one thing, right? When really it's not. And at the end of the day, do you feel good and fulfilled in what it is that you've done? Um, you know, does it make you happy? Or even we're talking about in terms of privilege, right? it's nothing wrong with accessing your privilege, especially when you're using your privilege for good. Like I, th- like I said, I think people have been led to believe like having privileges is a bad thing. You, it's not your fault when you have a privilege. It, it's like the person who gets upset that, you know, oh, you didn't work hard enough to get here. Like, do I have to have climbed out of a gutter for it to matter? It does not take away from the fact that your journey took you someplace and it means that much more to you. But just because my journey happened to include having a natural talent of doing something doesn't make it any less valuable or valid valid than your experience and I think that's part of the problem is how we perceive things it's, it's just I think it's really messed up like it's like this expectation that when even when at that job that I took at the law firm like at the practice they were basically like surprised right that I was articulate I heard that more than once um when my boss found out that I used to watch Blossom when I was growing up, she was like, you are the whitest black person I've ever met. And I was like, I don't, don't even that. started. Um, and then it was like, when they learned that like, I had a pretty like, besides like family issues that I wasn't discussing with them, like I had a pretty normal upbringing. Like I wasn't raised in the hood. Um, I didn't, you know, like I didn't have like some crazy crack head mom, like I had two parents, you know, they were married, had siblings, you know, all of those things like, and it was like, the expectation was, you know, as a black person, I must have this struggle background story. And while I did have my own struggles, I really don't like to think that those are the things that shape me. I think that those are some of the things that have impact just like anything else. But I don't feel like I'm defined by like this struggle story, even with being a teen mom and being homeless after that. Like, I still feel like I don't need this story to be the thing that sells me. It's just a part of who I am. And I don't think that it makes my struggles or even my success more valuable than the person who did everything right like if you went to like if you went through high school you never got pregnant and you went to college and you did everything like a good kid was supposed to I don't think that if we both end up in the same boat of success that I'm somehow more important than you because I struggled a little harder than you like at the end of the day like do you have the success? Are you happy with what you're doing? I think that's all that matters. And we got to stop putting this pressure on ourselves and shrinking in fear um, and not doing things because we think, you know, we are governed by this made up law that really, I don't know where it comes from. And I wish we could just drop it. Um, so I just hope that if you guys are watching this and you find yourself shrinking back, not doing things because of privilege or lack thereof, or finances or lack thereof, education or lack thereof, like, these things do not have to define who you are and
0: what you do with yourself. Yep. You literally just have to make, and it's so freeing, at least for me anyways, when you get to the point where you realize that like the only opinions that matter are the ones that you care to matter. And you are what you think you are point period blank. What you think you are is what you are as great as you are, as not great as you are whatever you think you are is accurate. And the opinions that you're listening to are the ones that match your thoughts. If you think you're fantastic, you will, you will agree with everyone who says you're fantastic. If you think you are not, you will disagree with everyone who thinks you're fantastic. And it's not because they're wrong. It's because you don't think that you are that thing. So the first step is really working towards thinking how you feel and think about yourself so that you can then push through that fear and do the things that you want to do. And be all the things that you are out there, and um, Alicia, you mentioned something that I definitely want to talk about. Not now, because I think we got to get wrap up. Mm-hmm. But um, the struggle story, you know, um, I think that some people lead with the struggle story, and I want to have a conversation about that because I feel like there's a line between sharing your your struggles and your obstacles um, to help connect with people and capitalizing on it and making that your only thing um and I know it's something that I struggle with and want to make sure I don't cross that line especially as I like talking about like mental illness or even like size issues but uh we'll definitely talk about that I think we should at a, that,
1: I think that should be our meeting. next episode I think we should really get into struggle stories and how they play into um our abilities to do things and like you said, whether we're capitalizing on it or we're just connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Excellent point. So we're going to end it here, you guys. Um, obviously, we always want to hear from you guys, whether we're doing live chat or commenting down below. But of course, the spill the questions over at more than my size underscore the show on Instagram. As always, give us feedback, engage. And I just hope that you guys really, um, maybe this is something encouraging for you. Maybe it's something you need that you want to chew on, think about a little bit and just share with us your personal thoughts on um, shrinking back in fear or, you know, being fearless. We'd love to hear about it.
0: Absolutely. I uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We always love chatting with you, talking with you and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.